thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel and Eduardo, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm Eduardo. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. And good morning to you, man. Hey, good morning to you. It's great to see you this morning. Yeah, you too, man. You too. Uh, Exciting stuff to follow up with um, our last episode with the third labor of Hercules and really what it really encompassed as far as its astrological aspects in regards to Gemini. And so I know I mentioned on the episode that you know, Gemini is a sun sign for me, but, um, you know, aside from that, I still find Gemini just fascinating and, and wanting to know more about it. And the story of Hercules, hopefully for our listeners as well, really kind of alluded to that sort of duality and what that really means and what it represents and how it affects the decisions that, um, you know, our hero makes along the way in order to prevail through the labor. And so, of course, I have all these questions about Gemini and what Gemini really represents and what it is. And one of the things you said even before we started recording is this is the first air sign. And so I know there's a lot of ways we can approach Gemini and we can definitely, and you know, we're in Gemini right now. So uh, it's pretty perfect to kind of just break it down uh, and then just sort of build up from that understanding of what Gemini is. And so, you know, let's start right there, right off the bat with its element of its being the first air sign and what really uh, affects Gemini, you know, exoterically, esoterically, you know, what planets are involved, everything that we always talk about, but, you know, still keeping in mind what we just broke down with, again, its duality in the previous episode with uh, the third labor of Hercules. So are you ready for this, man? I'm so ready for this. All right, man. So let's get started. Yeah, no. And I, you know, you brought up already a great point because one of the big components that we're going to be looking at is Gemini grants us the power to make decisions. And so when you kind of brought that up there, the power to decide between doing this or that the the you know the process of thinking about you know the different ways we can take the path of the spiritual development and the analyzing of it that's going to be all gemini and so what gemini is really going to open up and the phrase that kind of gets connected with gemini is going to be i think and this is what we're really going to be exploring the the analytical process that's going to be happening in the brain and this is really kind of that that representation of this. And that's what we're going to kind of see with this air sign and just the, the boundless aspect of thinking. You know, one of the things that we brought up in that third labors of Hercules that we both talked about was how this story was, was not confined to a certain space. He traveled the whole world in this discovery of these golden apples. Well, you know, we think about the process of thinking. It's not bound by space and time, right? Right now, if I'm like, hey, Eduardo, think of a three-headed donkey. 
you don't have to go outside, find a three-headed donkey, bring it in the room to think about. It just instantaneously comes into your mind. Well, the power of thought is not bound by this space-time continuum that we find ourselves in. It's, it's really kind of this process where we start dancing with the astral realm that's not bound by space and time. And so it's, it's got a fluidity that is kind of unknown to us in this physical world because we can think about anything. Our minds can go anywhere. It's not something that we have to travel to to even you know find. So where in the physical aspects, I said physically bring that to me, you would have to go searching and then you'd have to come back to me and be like, yeah, that doesn't exist. But in the mind, it can. So there's like this, there's this infinite potential of the mind. And that's like a great starting point for Mercury because Mercury, which is the ruling planet of Gemini, is going to show us this unbounded, limitless energy, which is the air. And this being the first air sign, well, what do we assign to spirituality? What do we assign to that? You know, how do we get connected to that OG universal energy that we speak about? Well, it, it's it's up north, right? When he was traveling up north through that journey, he was going the right way. And that's kind of the realm of air. It's like what's above us. And that's really, mm. you know, the process that we're moving to. And this is actually such an important thing for the the spiritual student to understand because not only does this give us this capacity in this life incarnation that we have, but it also kind of gives us to a hint of what maybe more of what the evolution of the spiritual experience kind of partakes in after we leave this five sense reality and this right. limitless aspect of the mind. You know, the mind has infinite potential where this is where it comes from. It's not bound by this this construct. And so there's a fluidity here. There's a rapidness to this. And again, infinite potential. And we really can kind of make that kind of happen. And so this is really going to, it's going to introduce a lot of different components of this human experience. And one of the things that you brought up with the duality, which is so great because you know, whether you like it or not, this realm presents us duality and we have to accept that. But also with this duality aspect that's kind of brought up is this air sign is also the first humans that we see in the Zodiac wheel with the twins, if right. that makes sense, you know? And so it's really going to kind of open up a lot of different doors for us and kind of give us this capacity of what this brings to the human experience. And, you know, we're going to cover all of these things from the development of language to communication, you know, um, you know, the internal taking of information, the processing of information and the output of information. So the input of information, processing of out information and the output of information. And so, you know, one of the things as we're studying the Zodiac wheel is none of this information is new. You're like, yeah, we all can process information, right? With Gemini, we all have a body, which is Taurus. We all have this like consciousness of life, which is Aries, which is so true. But what the Zodiac wheel is, it pulls your attention back to, do you understand the significance of these things? Are you utilizing these to the highest capacity that you can? You know, are you utilizing this infinite unbounded potential aspect of your mind to its highest potential? 
Or, you know, are you using it for, you know, like petty gossip and like, you know, what do you think about in the day? Because when we talk about, you know, the ability to make decisions, it's not just what we physically make decisions on, like, what am I going to do today? But most importantly, what am I going to think about? What do I want to think about? You know, and that's really where this, where we're going to kind of explore this aspect of the twins. And do we align our mind to the, to the lower personality, you know, material realm thinking, or do we push ourselves to a higher aspiration? Do we really, you know, travel to those higher aspects of air where we really kind of take in the thoughts of the higher self and start to receive those thoughts of the higher self? Or do we create enough static in our mind with all of the the commotion and the static in this physical realm where we can kind of drown out that higher mind? And that's the process we're going to be looking for. How do we quiet that lower mind so this higher mind can communicate us? Because one thing you know is you're always thinking. You know, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to stop your thought process. And we're going to kind of talk about meditation and what we're kind of trying to do here. But your, your train of thought is quite literally a train of thought. It's always kind of coming in. And so what we're going to be looking at today is how do we, how do we tap into a higher train of thought? How do we kind of hope become a receiver of the higher universal thoughts and truths that can come into us? And how do we kind of move away from maybe these lower self-defeating thoughts, these things that keep us grounded in this realm and kind of keep us chained to this reality, kind of like Prometheus was. And so this is what we're going to be looking at today, this, this process of thinking and you know, coming back around to take a sober look at it. Because yeah, this is something that we all do, but do we see the the deeper aspects of what is you know being offered to us here? Are we grateful for this unique infinite capacity of thought? Do we utilize it to its highest aspect? You know, decisions, free will. That's what this this is what Gemini is about. So this is really what's going to kind of mark um, the beginning of the human story because the first two you know the first two entities that we found on this journey were horned animals. But now we've come across the human aspect and understanding what that human aspect is and how that animal aspect is so important to us. But notice how the animal aspects are never going to be in these air signs, which is thought. Thought is always going to be represented by people. And that's because we need to create to our human mind and not our animal mind. You know, when people say like, oh, this is, look at all the damage that humans have done. Like, oh, you know, all this destruction. Well, that means that they're not operating from the human mind. They're operating from the animal mind. And so this, you know, accepting truly what hue man is, you know, hue is, is like your etheric aura. And when you operate from that and think from that and activate that, that's when you can really start making these these higher decisions to truly unfold who you are authentically supposed to be rather than kind of, you know, staying in the mud and kind of staying in that pig pen. Well said, man. I mean, I think, you know, as you're, 
introducing Gemini and, you know, as Alice Bailey introduces Gemini in the part two series of what she writes following um, the labor of Hercules, you're absolutely right. I mean, in the story, we find out a very tall tale sign of here of, of Hercules using this intellect, uh, you know, for the, in regards to the higher self and then to the lower self. And we knew that right away with the story from Nerus to Pisaris, you know, he has this decision to make on to who to listen to and which one is, you know, aiding him to to follow his path uh, correctly. And I think that, you know, the sign, as you're saying, you know, it is the first sign that we find with a man other than the animals that we've spoken to. And I didn't even think that through when you uh, were mentioning that I was, you know, kind of realizing like you're absolutely right. It is um, the first in in not only is it the third sign in the Zodiac, but it is the first of the man that comes into the wheel. And so I think that's awesome how you kind of put it down, because again, when you start reading about this duality that I mentioned in the beginning, you know, you've, you've heard, if you didn't hear before about, you know, why there is these twins, you know, and what they personify and what they really represent. And, you know, again, Alice Bailey talks about um, the two aspects of man's nature, the soul and the personality and the spiritual man and the human being through which the spiritual entity is functioning. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's amazing. You know, you told me about it being a mutable sign. And so I kind of want to get into the mutable, the idea of it being a mutable sign uh, further down this conversation. But I think just kind of talking about how it regards into, or how it's regarded with intellect but how to use that intellect, you know, how to really uh, have an understanding of that intellect and not just like you said, being stuck in the mud and, uh, you know, just kind of being uh, immobile uh, from the higher purpose, you know, and I think that's uh, something that this story, as we already broke down, I mean, that was a pretty lengthy episode, but the signs are all there in regards to the influence of Gemini with, um, with Hercules. And so, yeah, man, this is, this is great. Yeah, no, and it's that's perfect. And we're going to kind of get into that. And that's something that we've spoke about kind of exploring, you know, the exploring this this trinity that we find in the zodiac as well. It's not just broken down by the elements, but it's also broken down with this this aspect of cardinal, fixed, and mutable. And we're going to really explore that. I think we were talking about maybe doing a whole podcast on that, but it, it plays a huge role, you know, because what those are really going to kind of represent is that that alchemical trinity almost shows up again of, you know, sulfur, mm. mercury, and salt. And, you know, we always are looking for numbers, especially threes. And so when you can break something up in threes, it's it's this really an important process. And so, you know, what we're approaching with Gemini is the idea of communication, the communicating between the hemispheres of the brain, the communicating of the brain to us, and also the communication to our external environment. And what we're, what Gemini is coming into to do for us in this mutable sign is, is the communication between the masculine and the feminine, which is the left side of our brain and the right side of the brain. And the androgynous nature of communication. And so there's so much, there's so much to unfold here. But when you, 
when you kind of think about it, we thought about Aries and we talked about it, how it's like that protruding out energy, right? It's that, that's that fire of consciousness. It's that head first energy to go out into the world and experience the world. And then we talked about Taurus as this beautiful housing unit. It's more of the receptive energy. And so when this third sign comes, we meet Mercury, which truly is, we meet Gemini and Mercury, which truly is going to be the representation of androgynous. And that's the pure blending of this masculine and this feminine. Okay. And so the the perfect dance between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. Different than, you know, when we kind of talk about even like a hermaphrodite. So hermaphrodite is where you have both genital genitals available. And you can kind of see both aspects of the male and the female in a person where an androgynous, they're going to be blended. And that's what we want to do here. We really want to blend this, this masculine and feminine to make it a holistic nature to where we can't really deceive whether it's, you know, masculine or feminine, because it's actually a perfect blending of the both. And you think about communication, just like we're talking about now, right now I'm speaking, I'm like making this I'm putting out this like penetrative force with my words and you're receiving them. And then once it switches and you start speaking, all of a sudden I become the receptive. And so communication Mm. is a process of this androgynous nature. And so it's a very fluid sign and it's going to kind of help with this, with this understanding. And this is, this is, again, this is so important for that, that spiritual process. And what is what is this big goal of duality? Well, blending opposites, which is what this represents, blending the aspects of the soul and the body and marrying them together. It's not so much we isolate one from the other, but we blend them together in a beautiful dance. And that's what we see with the twins. We really want these twins to dance. We don't want to we don't want to isolate our physical selves because we need our physical selves to operate and to learn the lessons that this realm provides. And so what we're going to do is take take the direction away from the physical that's directing us and give the direction to the spiritual so it can help direct the physical in this more coming of this androgynous, you know, higher level of consciousness energy that we're kind of looking to get here. And so you know, so many kind of things we think about with communication. And we're really going to talk about communication and talk about language today. But anything where there is one thing communicating to the other. So, you know, whether your body is, your nervous system is communicating, you know, to yourself, your brain's communicating, the conversation between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. That's all going to be ruled by Mercury. And this is a very rapid thing. And so actually anything with calm in it, in our language, communication, you know, commerce, community, that's all a connection. That's all a communication between one entity to the other. And so anytime you're looking at language and you see the word in English, C-O-M, that's going to be kind of a signature of Mercury because what we're talking about is energy communicating with each other. And that's such an important process because what is everything? Everything is energy. Everything is always communicating. Now it kind of comes down to, are we listening to what the energy is trying to communicate to us? And so 
it's going to be kind of this this interesting process that we're we're kind of looking at. We're going to kind of, you know, go deeper into this like duality aspect. But we do kind of come across something that that's very interesting here because Gemini is going to be mutable. And it's the first mutable sign that we kind of find. And so if Aries was cardinal fire, that's the birth of spring. So that's the that's the grass breaking out of the ground, right? To to start spring. So cardinal starts the season. And then we move to the fixed aspect. And this is when the season really truly takes form. And we saw that with Taurus. If Aries is the grass coming out of the ground, well, Taurus is the blossoming of the flowers in spring, right? This is the the bunnies having their babies and all those beautiful things that happen in spring with this, this coming of the new life. Well, what Gemini is going to represent is Gemini is mutable. And so Gemini is going to give us this aspect of transition. Gemini is not fully spring. And Gemini is not fully summer, what we're moving into. It's this, it's this transition period. And that's it's the communication between the seasons is kind of what this mutable sign is. And so when we kind of talk about Gemini as an air sign, it has this extra emphasis on it because of this mutable energy and its formless aspect. Right. And so again, this is why it's androgynous. We can't put our finger on it. Is it is it penetrating or is it receive or is it receptive? Well, it's it's both. And it's it's kind of this interplay between the two. And we're really kind of taking it to that next level with this. And so this mutable air is really going to be all about transition and this aspect of transitioning from like one thing to the other. And that could be the transitioning of thoughts, that could be the transitioning to, you know higher decision making but that also can be the transition of actually the the seasons of the year and we're seeing this process in the above and also in the below within us yeah i mean i really you know one of the things that um i had listed here today to talk about is this is this idea of it being a mutable sign and why it's a mutable sign you know i i I hear so much about and read so much about you know it's esoteric ruler which is venus and then how mercury is the interpreter um you know and how it's it's illuminating towards intellect and that's something i got right out of what alice bailey was talking about and and i think using both of these uh attributes to gain a higher self is imperative to understand for the for the Gemini, but this whole idea of it being a mutable sign and also what you're talking about it being in, right in the middle between two seasons is very interesting because those are comp- you know those are very um, powerful energies. You know, there's the energy that comes in through from spring that we were just talking about, and then how we move into summer. Um, and so it's important to have this understanding of that again duality in that place and time um, when when that is felt between those two energies um at the same time and so uh yeah man yeah no perfect and you're right the and we'll really kind of break that down towards the end which is the esoteric representation but the exoteric representation of mercury really also makes us as alchemists stop a little bit and like notice that not only is this mercury but in alchemy who is our our huge guide through this? Well, it's Hermes Trismegistus, who is the representation of Mercury. So as students of alchemy, there's kind of this awareness that kind of comes up of like, oh, hey, you know, all of these zodiac signs are important, but 
this one is was really, really important to us. And we're kind of starting to meet the alchemist. And what was the process of alchemy? It's it's climbing the octave of purifying our thoughts because thoughts is is kind of the root that creates our experience. As I think, so I feel, so I act. So if we can't tap into these higher aspects of thought, well, we're not going to really be able to get to those higher, deeper emotions. And we're not going to be able to apply those, you know, more progressive actions to the development of our soul. And so this is such an important point to kind of start at. And, you know, what we're going to be kind of looking at today is is this aspect of how Mercury and the development of it is going to allow us to enter in to the esoteric ruler, which is Venus, mm. um, because that's this this thing that we kind of have to make our way up to. And you know, one of the things as you are studying esoteric astrology, you really start to understand the deep deep significance of Venus and how many layers it has and can how limited, and we spoke about this in the last episode, but how limited our understanding of what love is. And what we're approaching here is Mercury through this process of purifying our thoughts and connecting to this higher aspect of ourselves is going to allow for that that higher connection to this unconditional love that's going to kind of come through this this process and this harmonization between these two you know perceived twins that are within us that angel and that devil that's on our shoulder where we're really going to be at the end of this process looking to blend those two elements together to make it a a unified synthesis like organization and so you know all verbal speech is ruled by Gemini. So what we are doing right now of us verbally speaking is ruled by Gemini. And why this is, is because Gemini is mutable air. And so when we think about this process of air, which is such an important element for us, for our survival, right? We can go, you know, a couple weeks without food. We can go a couple days without water you know you go a couple minutes without air and it's it's kind of game over for you and so this is such an important process but other than those two elements we can't see these so this there's a deep significance there that the most important thing that our body needs you can't even see well maybe that means because the most important things in this in this life of a human you're not going to physically see and you're not going to be able to physically feel in this like traditional five sense reality. And that's what this air is kind of talking about here and getting to a higher connection to it. And so why Gemini rules spoken language, you know, in comparison to your other air signs, which is like Libra and Aquarius is because Gemini is that mutable air. And so Cardinal air is going to be you know, taking in the air to the lungs. Fixed air is holding the air into the lungs. And then this mutable air is going to be pushing air out of the lungs to actually push energy behind our voice so our voice can actually protrude out and speak. And so it's that moving air. Mutable is all about moving and transition and the process of getting that air out of the lungs, which can actually project speech to the individual that you're trying to communicate with. And so 
again, we always have to kind of come back to very simple ideas, but we're coming back them with new eyes to see. Again, this process of breathing, this process of speaking is just so automatic to us. Well, it's the things that are automatic to you that hold deep secrets because that automation means that you've gotten too comfortable with it. And so you always come back, the beautiful thing about this exploring the Zodiac wheel and even the Tarot, that other journey that we're going on together, it, it pulls your attention to be able to come back here and see the deep significance that maybe you overlooked in your, you know, in just your development. And it allows us to kind of go back and be like, wow, I don't think I've really thought about the importance of communication and language in that realm, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, there's there's so much to this as far as the idea of the middle path. And I know that we're already alluding to these two ruling planets with Venus and Mercury, but how important it is to have them both interact because, you know, as it's said for, for the, again, I know I keep going back to duality, but, you know, in everything that I look for in regards to the relationship that Gemini tries to establish between like ideas and people, um, when Mercury is involved and how it polarizes, um, you know, how these like tensions come up, because I've, I've heard of it being sort of a contradictory sign because, you know, it has this idea of the rational mind and then the awakened intuition is something that I thought was an interesting, um, idea here with, with, with Mercury involved with, with Gemini. And so I kind of want to talk about that because in, the astrological wheel, you have all these influences, but in this one, in regards to having two in one, I kind of want to break, not even break that down with you right now, but I want to know, is this how it goes with all of the signs? Do all the signs have this dual component in, in, you know what I mean? Cause like there's so many planets that kind of get involved with, uh, each sign, but this one just keeps no matter what I find, it's always like, this is what's happening with Mercury and this is what's happening with Venus, you know? Uh, so is, is that how it goes with all of them? So they're all signs are going to have an exoteric ruler and an esoteric ruler. And it's not so much a communication between the two. It's more of uncovering the depthness of the exoteric will give birth to the esoteric. So Got we it. can't harmonize before we communicate. Right. And that's why diplomacy is such an important thing, talking about things before we act. And so it's not so much that Mercury is communicating with Venus here. It's not until we open up proper channels of communication internally before, you know, until we do that, there's going to be no ability to harmonize these aspects of our brain. So this Mercury is the cause and this Venus, which is the esoteric, is really going to be the fruit of understanding how to actually apply this sign in ourselves. And so it's not so much a communication between those two. They're always obviously communicating, but Mercury is the entrance. Mercury is the journey of the sign. Venus is the hero of the sign, if that makes sense. And Got so it. we can't become the hero until we become we go through the journey. So the journey is going to be proper communication 
between not only our external selves with the external world, but proper communication to our internal self between like those two hemispheres of the brain or the soul and body. So Mercury is going to come in to be like open up chains of communication. You know, you think about even nations, nations that speak the same language usually are allies. They're usually not against each other. If you think about the who they parade in front of us as our supposed enemies, a lot of times they don't share the same language. And then who they show us as our supposed allies, most of the time they speak the same language. You know, look at World War II. It was England and the United States. And obviously you had France there, but it, it was going through against Germany, you know. So you think about who they kind of victimize as our enemies usually have a difference in language because if there's a difference in language, there's a communication breakdown and there's a less of an ability for us to harmonize with those people. Now, if you and I and, you know, all of these people in this community connected to those people, we could definitely harmonize. But there's a there's a, a distinction there that <clears throat> that creates space and it, there's this this perceived difference because we can't understand each other. So it's easier for us to, it's easier for them to make us our enemy. So that's why anytime they're kind of, you know, doing this whole aspect of getting the farm animals to fight each other, it's usually going to be a difference of religion, <clears throat> a difference of a political system, or a difference of language. That's going to be what they create as our supposed enemies. Um, because communication is everything. And so communication is going to be first. Diplomacy is going to be first. Talking about it rather than like Aries, which just wants to run straight to war. If there's any kind of dilemma, Gemini comes in and is like, well, hey, let's talk about this. Let's chat about this. Maybe yeah, we can come to be diplomatic. Exactly. And then when you have proper communication, what happens? You come to a middle point. You harmonize with those individuals. Communication is key. If you don't have communication in a relationship, you can expect war. You know, if you can't properly communicate with your family, you can expect war. And so this is a this is a, a very important causality for us to look into. And even just think about who you consider your your deepest friends and and your, you know, your kind of your partners on this path with you. It's usually because a strong communication tie between you. And that's what gives birth to that deeper harmonization. And now communication doesn't have to just be verbal language. It could be so many other different things, but there needs to be some kind of line of communication there for this greater Venus harmonization to blossom. And so, you know, all about communication here. We exoterically really have to understand this sign before we can kind of make our way to the esoteric blossoming. But it's the journey to becoming the hero of this sign is going to be communication through through this Mercury aspect. And again, this isn't just external communication because if the left side of your brain and the right side of your brain doesn't communicate, well, you also can expect some more coming your way. Well said, man. Well said. I really like the way you're covering all this because, you know, I don't even have to ask any questions. And obviously, I'm just happy to listen right now because there's just so much that I already have read about in regards to Gemini and how it's, you know, ruled by Mercury and how it has this sort of rational mind involved with Mercury. But I also... I get more excited about the outcome uh, and its esoteric phase, which is, you know, the urge to unite 
And I think that you just you just said that right now with, you know, what the diplomacy, what, what would it, what would to be diplomatic, what would it uh, lead to, you know what I mean? And to having that ability to unite it with the soul and the physical manifestation, um, you know, and, and how that works in with Gemini and how that works in with the story of Hercules. Because again, when we were talking about it in the previous episode with, um, with the golden apples of Hesperides, that communication you're talking about between the two hemispheres happens at a constant with our hero. And even when he fails, he's succeeding because he's having to learn that process. Um, you know, un unlike, you know, say the idea of Aries and you, I like how you just sort of talked about how if there's some conflict, like a war, it just wants to go head first here. There's, there's this duality again, occurring with not just the thought, but the emotion and how it really affects the journey itself. And I know that personally speaking, experiences have been what sows those two um, ideas together for me, um, at, at least on a personal level, is that it's, yes, there's communication and that rational mind and the need to objectify and, and like figure out ways to use this um, intuition, but also this the outcome, the esoteric, uh, that is ruled by Venus. Um, I, I really, that's kind of where, like, I feel like, uh, most of this inspiration that, um, that is being ruled by, by, you know, the conversation or by the inspiration of, of, a of a Gemini, uh, really kind of finishes the job in a full circle, um, with both hemispheres of the brain. Um, being together in this application and then using that for the betterment of the self or of the world around the Gemini. And so, yeah, man, it's just, it's really, again, I, I'm, I'm not able ironically to communicate um, exactly how I feel. Cause it's so much, because again, I just want to get to the esoteric um, process within this, but it's important to find out, you know, especially, you know, me as a friend here, but understanding, um, you know, what is really going on with this mutable sign? Like what makes it a mutable sign is, is imperative to understand, you know, it's, it's, um, it's harmony through conflict as I've, as I've read it before, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and this one we do, we always want to, you know, jump to that harmonization and, and like getting to those deeper aspects, but there's, you're right. There's just so much to learn through Gemini and this, this aspect, because, you know, not only is Gemini the ability to communicate truth, but Gemini is also the ability to communicate falsehood because Gemini is all about decisions. You know, are you, are you going to tell the truth or are you going to tell a lie? So not only does Gemini give us the ability to communicate with others, Gemini also gives us the ability to deceive others and also to be deceived by ourselves. Gemini is the trickster right? Mercury is the trickster and it will do things for us that sometimes creates that deception. And we've, we've spoken about this a lot recently on this podcast of, of, you know, seeing through deception, seeing through illusion and how important it is to understand that deception is a part of this reality. And it's something that we have to gain a, a clear understanding of to be able to perceive through. Well, the only way we're going to do this is through proper communication internally within ourselves. And so 
Right. This really kind of opens up this this dual aspect as well. You know, it's not only the duality between the left side of the brain and the right side or the soul and the body, but it's also that dual aspect of, you know, do I uh do I tell the truth or do I tell a lie? And again, the that air that's coming out will do either one. This mutable air will will f- this mutable air lets you decide how you use it. Okay, so this mutable air, whether you're telling a truth is going to come out of your lungs or whether you're telling a lie, it's going to come out of your lungs. It doesn't matter because you have this human free will component here to decide how you're going to utilize that energy. So with Gemini comes great responsibility. And we kind of learn this process of why it's so important to not only tell the truth, but to actively look for the truth. And this is what Mercury is going to be kind of leading us to do. But you know, it's not just communication. It's also that active component of the brain. It's that thinking aspect. Gemini is the sponge. Gemini is taking in information all of the time. If you're an individual with your Gemini, your sun in Gemini, or maybe you're rising in Gemini, or maybe you have a lot of placements in tropical astrology in the third house, you usually have a very active brain. Geminis are hyper aware because it's this dual aspect and it's this twin they say that it's impossible to multitask and and that's true to certain levels but if there's any sign that can multitask it's gemini because we have both of these aspects of our brain going on now again is it is it good for the gemini to find focus absolutely but they do they have this ability to to kind of pay attention to hold two ideas in their mind at the same time and you know and that's so important and i you know even when i was a school teacher there you could tell teachers that were had that kind of gemini flow cuz they could be talking to a student but still kind of paying attention to like what's going on around the student where there's certain teachers and you knew this and maybe it was a substitute you like you would like get your friend to kind of distract them and then you would do something in the back and they were completely oblivious to it. Well, this isn't this isn't a mark of intelligence. This is a mark of how much Gemini is present. So Gemini is really going to be this unique component. And it's kind of funny because you know, at different times in human history, whatever that timeline looks like, certain signs can kind of have benefits at certain times in the historical period. And sometimes that sign is seen as actually a restriction. So Gemini, with their active thought process, this this intense curiosity about life and this hyper-awareness, a Gemini can be focusing on something, but then it it hears a noise and it kind of gets pulled immediately to it because it's got this very active air brain that's not fixed. So it gets pulled in all different directions. Well, You know, in modern day, when we sit kids in classrooms for eight hours a day, how we recognize Gemini in the modern day is not through this aspect of like, wow, this person's hyper aware. How we recognize it as this person has attention deficit disorder. We need to get this kid Adderall, right? And so, which is so funny because 400 years ago, say we were in a hunter gatherer society. That Gemini wouldn't need ADHD. That Gemini would be the best hunter in the village because they have a hyper awareness of everything that's going on. They can hear the twig of maybe the boar 
that they're hunting way off where other people can't do that because they're focused in on like, I think the boar's over here. The Gemini has this more fluid awareness. And so it would like hear it and it's like, no, it's over there. Where in our modern day, we're like, oh, your kid can't focus on the subject that we tell them to focus on. So we need to get them hooked on this methamphetamine prescription for the rest of their life. And so we diagnose these astrological signs with band-aids now rather than letting them flourish for what they are because the german the gemini is so curious but maybe the gemini doesn't want to study math in the morning maybe the gemini wants to study math in the afternoon and it wants to look at science in the morning because it's like what it's curious about and it's and it gets pulled to that curiosity so gemini doesn't do well in this indoctrination education form now Gemini's usually might struggle a little bit in that in that assembly line of like public education K through 12, the 12 step program of indoctrination. But a lot of times Gemini's flourish if they can make it to higher education because all of a sudden they can choose their classes, they can choose their schedule. And all of a sudden they're they're the kings of the jungle there, you know? And so we misdiagnose so much of this astrological energy with with you know modern day band-aids because we've kind of divorced ourselves of these spiritual essences that are within these children and it's very limiting because the gemini has again unbound potential and what are we doing we're bounding that gemini energy we are chaining these children just like prometheus when really we should be liberating them and letting those minds come up with those unique ideas and those unique insights that they're truly trying to bring to us rather than being like you have to think this way wow bravo man you know it's funny because we've been friends for so long and you know hardly do i want to intertwine so much of our past into our present but what you just did right there just hit on so many different levels that, you know, I don't even know if I've expressed to you that you just sort of, I mean, I know you were there for a lot of my academic uh, upbringing, but everything you say is is so true. And, and one thing that I also, that I find fascinating in this dual natured uh, idea of, of Gemini is something that I've always dealt with, and that is contradiction. Like I know people who've known me for a long time, especially in romantic relationships where they say, you know, you're so contradictory, but in Gemini, there's two phases that I believe personally, there's the phase of breaking it down and then there's the phase of rebuilding it together. And so you are constantly taking the, the same idea and you're looking at it from two sides of the coin and then you're reassembling it and having that ability to reassemble uh, you know, it, it, it helps not only have a better understanding of, uh, empathy for the situation that is being broken down, but also having, um, you know, your, your, your satisfaction might come from having the ability to see both sides and then coming back again to making a final decision. So rather than making a decision right off the bat, full force, it takes time and it takes sort of, again, this contradictory approach to um, to have a better understanding. And so that is something I struggled in academics uh, a lot, especially when it came to things like math. Science, not so much because science had that. I mean, I was a science major for a reason because there's there used to be this acceptance. I don't know if it still exists, 
but there was always this acceptance, you know, even in medicine, medicine is a practice, you know, and I like that right off the bat, the word practice tells me that it's not the way, but there's a way that you're going to continuously, you know, unfold and develop as you're breaking down two sides of a situation in order to better, in this case, aid a man or woman who is, uh, you know, unable to, to, um, you know, get, get to better health. And so in math, for instance, all of that, you know, having, uh, like I said, you know, having math in the morning rather than science in the morning. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I struggled in school because it wasn't really up to me as to what, uh, what was being presented at what time, but I never lost the curiosity and, or, the enthusiasm for academics. And so you're absolutely right. Once, once you can choose the path for yourself, especially as you, you know, grow older, uh, you realize that you've always cared and you've always wanted to know more. It's just a more complex, uh, in that dual nature, I suppose, more complex approach to having the ability to see both sides, um, based on how it affects you and, you know, how, if it comes with ease or it doesn't come with ease rather than just being boxed or caged into a institution that's just going to put this information into you at this time. And that's it. And if you didn't pick it up, then that's your fault for having a brain that sort of bounces all over the place. And it's not so much that it's bouncing. And that's the same thing we see again with Hercules is that he has these ideas. The duality is, is happening throughout the story, but he's not so much scattered brain He's just having to deal between, you know, again, the lower self and the higher self, you know, what is morally driving him to do something versus what is, you know, driving him to do something physically. And again, we've seen already with the story of Hercules on how physical he can be. And obviously the last two signs prior to Gemini have a lot of that physical, that animalistic energy that is involved. And again, our hero finds himself a little perplexed where he wants to take on that sort of lower self to conquer the labor, but he has to go all over in his journey, you know, through the planet in order to start listening to this other side that isn't so easy to um, follow up with, I think, you know, he, he realizes a couple times in his journey that if he were to use this sort of energy of empathy, he might lose the time that of, of, of getting closer to his object, which is the tree, the tree of life that he's looking for on his labor, you know, but he still lets his emotional side guide him to aid the individual in this case, might be Prometheus or it might be Atlas, but in the end, it was the right thing to do and it was what he was supposed to do. And so I think that that's where there's a lot of conflict with Gemini is that, am I losing time here? Am I wasting my time by either overanalyzing or breaking this thing apart? And again, with Hercules, it's so great because you would think an individual like Hercules with so much power and strength that's physical, he would just keep driving forward, just drive, 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 go, 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 go. But instead, this is, the you know, as the third labor and as the third sign in the wheel, we have to take a pause and find out what this intellect is actually doing. It's not so much about just the wit, 
but it's understanding how to break down what comes from the understanding of the situation and then reassembling it. Does that make sense? No, that was perfect, man, because you just actually nailed the Hebrew letter that is the representation of Gemini, which is Zayn. Zayn being that last letter. And Zayn in the Hebrew alphabet represents the sword that cuts and unites. So it cuts things into pieces and then it unites it back together. And this is this is also why for my individuals who are readers of the Brotherhood of Light, this is why Albert Benjamin chose the name for the writings of those documents to be C.C. Zane. Not only so he can communicate this esoteric information to you through Gemini, but also so he could break this down and reorganize it in a very digestible, deep, esoteric perspective. So always a huge shout out to the Brotherhood of Light and Light.org with all the amazing information that they give. But that's what Gemini does. It separates to unite. And we're going to kind of get into this component of language because what does language do? It separates this experience into different objects, ideas, opinions, and categories. And so it separates this environment into this into these compartments of ideas and nouns. And then what we're going to do is we're going to cut it together. We're going to cut these into pieces and learn everything in its singularity and its single representation. And then what we do is we unite it together to formulate ideas. So we take these, we learn these words and we separate these words and isolate themselves. And then we bring them back into a blending together to create phrases, sentences, paragraphs, and stories and pages. And so Mm -hmm. you have to separate before you can unite. This is the also the allegory of the apple that we find because when we bit that apple, we got separated from the universal life force. And that's what made us have our fall into matter. And then through that separation and understanding how we look at this and we see ourselves as an island, well, it's our process of piecing together that there's actually wholeness. So we get cut from the universal life force energy to go on our journey to unite to that universal life force energy. And that's what we're looking for. And we're going to we're going to go deeper into this aspect of language and the and that significance of what language does and how language really helps us identify our own self. And it's going to be interesting because language separates us at first, but language is also the key to unite us. And so again, we see duality. You know, it's going to separate the words and we're going to see our own separation of ourselves, but in this duality is also how we get back united to that holistic understanding of what we're kind of we're kind of going towards. And so, you know, this Gemini, before we can kind of get to that language, it's all about communication. And to kind of go back to that, to that child in the the classroom for Gemini, the Gemini needs to get it all out. So not only is it like the class is kind of restrictive and the schedule's restrictive of what time they want to learn. Well when the teacher is talking, the Gemini will just blurt out a question and they'll be like, Gemini, raise your hand. And they're like, oh, okay. And they raise their hand and then they ask their question and then the teacher answers it. The teacher starts to go with the lecture again and then the Gemini blurts out another question and they're like, Gemini, you got to raise your hand. Like we have, we have an order of, we have this like structure here. And the Gemini is like, no, but we're like, we're communicating here. I've got questions. I'm inquisitive. And so even just that aspect of like, I have to raise my hand and wait to get called on where the Gemini just needs to get it out. You know, this is why Always like, you know, I've always had such good friends with Scorpios and such good friends with Geminis because 
you know, I speak a lot on this podcast, but if you are with me in a personal environment, 88% of the time, I'm just listening. I'm more of a quiet individual. I like listening to Geminis. Some people are like, wow, Geminis can be a lot. I'm all about it. Like, I just like love to see where the Gemini goes because they have this active mind. But again, they were in a, in a spot that kind of can, you know, really restrict the Gemini. And, you know, also with the Gemini, because they have this hyper awareness in the environment that we find ourselves in with so many distractions, with cell phones and everything pulling for our attention, this is a very difficult time for the Geminis to be alive with all of these external, you know, things grabbing our attention. You know, whether it's the phone going off, whether it's getting the email. Now they can bounce between things a little bit better, but they're also like hyper aware of like when they're, they could be like deep into study and they can hear that phone vibrating in the bottom of their bag because they have this like hyper awareness or they can hear the guy, the, you know, the frat mouth breather across the table who's just like, <laughs> and you're like, the Gemini focuses in on that. Where like the Capricorn is just like, oh no, I'm disciplined. I'm like in, in it, right? Where they're going to be kind of like pulled into their environment. So really important for Geminis to like learn about their environment and kind of connect to it. And no offense to, you know, frat boy mouth breathers, but um, you know, this is what we're kind of doing here, you know? <laughs> and so oh, dude, that's so great. That's so great. You know, one of, one of the things that you're saying that I think is amazing Um that I just have to, you know, interject. And I'm actually trying my hardest right now to be disciplined enough to, um, you know, listen. And, and I think active listening is very difficult for someone like myself. And I love your anecdotes about a teacher because a teacher like you would have, uh, served me well as a child, because that was me, you know, I, I remember being, especially in a private school, I remember being in so much trouble for being inquisitive. Yet I thought we were supposed to learn. And so one of the things that I know that um, has been a battle for for me as as a Gemini is that, you know, you're enthusiastic and you are so willing to learn and you have this appetite for knowledge, yet you don't have the patience for the institution or the um, physical place that is mm -hmm. trying to teach you something at the same time. And so it become very, very often I would have teachers who would just leave me behind because they're like, no, I'm trying to teach you something, but you're asking too many questions. And I'm like, wait, that's a contradiction right there. Like I thought I was supposed to learn about this. So shouldn't I be asking questions? And then once again, I would be reminded like, hey, you're, you're not the only person here in the class, you know, and there's, there's a way that we have to teach and there's a way there's more than just you. And so then I would lose interest in wanting to learn because it's confined to a certain space or a certain method of teaching. Yet my appetite for knowledge never left though. So you're always kind of like doing this dance that you're talking about and you want to make sure it is a good dance. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, you, you might not learn in the classroom, but you might learn, you know, after the class is dismissed when you go on a walk. And if you have a good enough teacher, the teacher will maybe even have lunch with you. I mean, I was always that kind of that kind of person where I wasn't done just because I looked like I tapped out. I tapped out because I wasn't getting the fulfillment I wanted from the environment that I was in, or I was distracted by too many things all happening around me, um, like you were talking about in regards to the change in the surroundings that um, you know can take away from from the moment at hand with the Gemini, but also 
you know, because I, I like the way you you related that to the hunter, but you know, we're not in those times, and so yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of different components here. It's it's interesting because it almost feels like you're talking about two signs here at the same time, you know. Um, so it's like going back and forth. But I love everything you're saying, man. Like this is just great. So, um, yeah, no, and that's and you're true. We are kind of talking about two signs. It's it's the twins within, you know, and we don't. Not only is the Gemini is, again, they're such exciting students if teachers can give them the space because they're interested in so many things. And and even in life, Geminis, again, wherever, where, if you have, everybody has Gemini energy in you. So, you know, whatever, whatever house Gemini is, we can look at this. But if we have a strong Gemini placement, sometimes Geminis also get that, that negative connection of jack of all trades and master of none. Well, that's not so much true. What we want to do there for Geminis, it's not jack of all trades, master of none. It's jack of, jack of all trades, master of none, but a network of one. And so what you want to do as a Gemini is really try to understand how can I network all of my interest? How can I network all of the things I want to do? And like, how do I network this active mind, this ability to hold two thoughts in my mind, all of these various interests, you know, Gemini's are like, oh, there's so many things I want to do, but I can't decide on one. And then you start being like, well, then don't pick one. Why don't you draw a circle around all of these interests and see if you can maybe find a career there? You know, maybe there's something there that you can kind of bring something into an aspect where you're doing all of these things, you know, like, oh, I like communicating, but I also like doing art and doing these things. And then you kind of be like, well, what if you you know, did this, like maybe you want to create this art project with your hands because Gemini, all about the hands, right? And that communication that comes from the hands. So they like to create stuff with yeah. their hands. Energy can kind of come from their hands. And they're like, oh, I want to be an artist, but I also like, you know, communicating with people. And it's just like, well, you're going to need your art, right? And they're like, yeah. And, well, how are you going to advertise it? And they're like, oh, well, I have to make a website and like a social media and maybe make like a YouTube channel. Well, there's your communication, you know? So what we want to look at is don't punish yourself. If you're a Gemini that has all these interests, you don't have to just pick one. What you really want to do is be able to step back and kind of make a circle that encompasses all of these interests into a giant network, you know, and kind of feel like, well, what could I put into my career? How could I kind of make these things work together rather than like isolated from themselves? And that's this really important thing. Gemini's, you're not supposed to just form into it we're not supposed to form into anything that's not us. We're supposed to look to express what is us and do it to the highest authentic level, you know? And that's going to be this unique kind of thing because they truly are interested in so many things. Gemini's can have conversations about everything, you know, like everything. So finding the path that can get you there all at the same time with all these things, basically putting them all in one backpack and continue on on the journey um, that's been the key. That's been the key, uh, all my life is to, to make sure I don't lie to myself about that. But that's just, again, me personally, uh, as a, as an individual learning about, about Gemini. Absolutely, man. The sword that cuts and unites. Okay. So this is the aspect of the swords, even in the tarot. And this is why it's an air thing. Cause the sword cuts through the air. And so it cuts through and then it unites. So it separates and it unites. And that's, and that's such a, a, such an important component to work with. And, and again, we're, we're really learning what Gemini is helping us do is 
understand to, you know, utilize our five senses. Gemini is all about kind of the coming together of common sense, which when we kind of really kind of look at it, common sense isn't actually so common. Um, it's something that kind of like some people have more of an aptitude for, and some people have to kind of work to kind of gain that a little bit more. But that's what we're that's what we're kind of working for this this communication that the senses are bringing into us. That's also something that Gemini kind of rules, and it's this it's this unique aspect to kind of think about. And so, as we kind of keep going, and if we talk about this idea of cutting and separating and then bringing back together, this is going to kind of pull us to getting look at even a deeper, deeper component of it. And what we're going to be kind of looking at now is, is this aspect of separation and then bringing it back together. And so what, you know, where we're going to kind of move to this is again, the importance of language and, and what it does and why this sign rules language and spoken language and culture and symbols is something that's unique to the human experience. Now, animals obviously have communication and, you know, animals also have like, you know, telepathic communication that is kind of almost like spiritually higher. And it, but the aspect of language that we have is going to be something that separates us, but it is also going to be uniting us. And so, you know, we always speak of the word, right? The word in every every ancient scripture is one of the first things that's covered in its power because this is really important. And so what we're going to kind of move into now is the formation of language. And it wasn't until we actually started to learn language that we really started to gain a better understanding of our subjective self. And so what we're looking here is this as aspect of subject and object, noun and verb. And what this does is it separates the doer from the action. And this is really important for us because we are the doer and the, we're either doing the action or the action is being done to us. Hmm. Okay. So subject object, I'm sitting on the chair. I am not a part of the chair. I am sitting on this chair. We have to distinct ourselves from it, right? I subject object, noun verb. As a child, I'm playing with the toy car but I am not the toy car. And so our first aspect of coming to consciousness in that moment when we wiggled our fingers in that first transition from that first to second house, when we realized that we were a separate entity from our mother, we believed that we were just an extension of our mother. And then when we wiggled our fingers and noticed that she didn't wiggle her fingers, we were like, oh, damn, I'm my own separate entity. Well, now this is the process of separating ourselves from our environment as well. And we need to cut ourselves from that environment, see our subjective self, and then through that understanding is actually how we're going to unify ourselves back to that environment. But thinking about subject, object, noun, and verb, and how important of a, of a construct this is for your spiritual understanding and what language does to the individual identity and psychology really is a you know even modern psychology talks about it's it's the formation formation of language that really kind of starts to create our individual self hmm. you know because we have to be able to get separated from the environment because at one point we didn't really see a distinction between ourselves but it's very important for us to see a separation from you know i you know i'm sitting on i'm laying on my bed but i am not my bed 
you know, and that's again, it's like, well, that, that seems really obvious, Daniel. Well, it wasn't always obvious to you. And that breakthrough was actually a really transcendental thing that happened to you as a child that you don't remember, but it had a huge effect on you. And it's from that point, we were able to create a greater understanding of exactly who authentically we are. And through this formulation and being able to categorize ideas, thoughts, and objects, we're going to get a better understanding of our environment. You know, And so language is such an important thing. There is a, there's a direct correlation with the identifying of you know, thoughts and emotions and being able to quantify them in a way that can be expressed by words. There, the more you understand your language and the better you're able to express your emotions actually has a correlation to you know, the ability to kind of understand that process that you're going through. Because you know, if we can't find the words to explain what we're going through and quantify it, we get very confused. But if we can find the term to explain that, we get more clarity on it. And so this creation of language is so important for us as we navigate this map of experience because it gives us a better understanding of, you know, what we're experiencing because we can actually put our finger on it. You know, like we spoke about this with like, you know, even just words that other languages have, you know, like in Japanese, there's a word to eat just because you're bored. We've all had that experience. Like I, I'm just bored, so I'm like eating this thing, but I'm not hungry. But we don't have a word for that in English. You're just like, I'm eating because I'm bored. Well, in Japanese, there's actually like a term for that. So we can actually quantify that experience. What does that do? It gives us a better understanding of this. This is why learning language, learning etymology, the depthness of language actually is really, really important for mental and spiritual health. And now are there terms that are beyond words? Absolutely. Just ask a Pisces. A Pisces is full of wisdom that can never be contained in words. But there is limited things that we can express in a confined way that not only helps me better understand it, but it helps me better communicate what I'm going through to you. And it makes you better communicate what you're going through to me. So it opens up that communication. So the deeper the language, the deeper the better ability to express ourselves, the more expressive we can be. And as humans, we are expressive beings. We need communication. We need people and things to communicate with. Okay. And you need that other component in communication, whether that other component is the other hemisphere of your brain or it's your best friend that's in front of you. You need that other pillar. And that's what Gemini is showing you. It takes two to tango. And when communication happens, you need a receiver, you need a producer and a receiver. And that can be an internal process. And what we're going to be working forwards with this Gemini is to make that producer our higher self and that receiver our lower self, rather than flipping it around where the the higher self is kind of put on the back burner. Well, no, we're going to make that that penetrating force, that higher self, and that lower force. We're not discounting. We're not. We're not pushing away from the situation. We're not making that pillars into this. You know, just this one thing. It's it's the coming together. Those two pillars of Gemini. When we bring it together, what do we get there? I, I, me, the the I, the the sovereign self you know, the individual, the non-divided self. And so what we're looking to do is take those two pillars and come to that middle way. And that's where we see the I, and that's when the human comes online. You know, so 
that's when we really can kind of turn in this human experience and really start coming online and start unfolding that DNA. It's with that eye. It's that pulling of those two pillars to that middle path. It's what Jesus told us. It's what Buddha told us. It's what all spiritual teachers do. It's that coming together and that dance in the middle, which is so important. You know, it's so important not to be polarized. You know, you, you talk to Geminis, and this is just like a side tangent, but the first time a Gemini child sees the cartoon where there's an angel on one side, like one shoulder, and then there's a devil on the other, the Gemini child is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And they're like talking to their friends about it. And they're like, yeah, dude, pretty funny. And you're like, no, this is so true. This is so true. And like other signs, they're like, yeah, no, like it's, we get the topic. And you're like, no, this makes so much sense to me because that's what Gemini is. That's what they're representing in those cartoons is that aspect of Gemini within all of us. And Who's in the middle listening to that? The self, right in the middle at that eye point, which is the body, because they're on the two corners. They're representing those pillars at that point. And it's that coming together and that blending in the middle. And we are always blending it in the middle because that's what our actions are. It's that collapsing of the blending between that, you know, that spirit and the body. And it's it's that middle point that we're trying to kind of get to. Uh, that we're kind of looking at there. And so yeah. we're really trying to look like, you know, pull these pillars together and make them generate in the middle. Yes, yes. And I think, dude, so so well said because, you know, even Alice Bailey does a great job at, at putting something towards the end of her description in regards to what the purpose might be for that duality when it comes into a clear vision. And one of the things she says, and here I quote, it says, the disciple has to register contact with the soul and recognize its qualities. He must no longer be the visionary mystic, but must add to the mystical achievement, the occult knowledge of reality. And, and again, this is, and she says this, this is also often forgotten by aspirants, you know, people who are trying to aspire to be, you know, um, to find aspiration within the vision of this heavenly goal, you know, they have to make sure that they have, like you were talking about this Christ path where it's both coming together and then moving forward from there and having to, uh, the ability to um, fulfill those requirements um, is, 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 is extraordinary for the development of these two entities happening at one time. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. And this is, you know, this is so important. And, you know, and again, so much of this being able to conceptualize and organize to direct ourselves and make proper decisions, again, kind of comes with this with this movement of the recognition of us as an individual identity, you know, and again, with this like formulation of language, it's going to allow the actor to separate themselves from that action, you know, and make that separation so that unification can later come through proper insight, analyzing and development, you know, and, and also what this Gemini in this process of language and this, this, this creation of, you know, as we move through this idea of like creating ideas, symbols, and concepts, what this also does is it frees the mind. It frees the mind from the body, you know? Right. And so when we can create language and conceptualize about things, we can actually pull ourselves out of the present and travel into the future and also travel back into the past. We can actually conceptualize, you know, an abstract idea about ourselves in the future. We can actually separate from that present moment. So Gemini 
is the traveler. It's the messenger of gods because that's what Mercury represents it. And that's what we're kind of looking at here. Attention can now be taken away from the present and it actually can, you know, travel in to the future and to the past. And we can think about abstract new concepts. We can just take ourselves from this, this grounded aspect of the soul and we can kind of travel, um, you know, it's just nonlinear. It, it, we can, the bind is nonlinear. So we can actually travel to the future and the past. And so Gemini is all about that liberation and the freedom that kind of comes with the mind is, is such an important component. You know, I really think you nailed everything that I had questions about. And so, you know, this has been great because all I wanted to talk about was the intertwining, um, understanding of the, you know, the energy of Mercury as the interpreter and then Venus as the esoteric ruler of Gemini and how it, it, how it governs this law of attraction, bringing things together with the polar opposites. But I think you did a beautiful job, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know what? There's, there's, again, there's so much to cover on this subject, um, you know, because we really didn't get to the third house we kind of did with the development of language. And really what we're doing here is we're blending those first two components of the coming online of consciousness and form, and they're married together here. Um, and Gemini covers so much things like when we learned to crawl, when we learned to walk, when we just started to analyze our environment. But what we'll do, because I, uh, as you, we, we, we both know, we're kind of coming on a, a time frame right now. And, uh, Thankfully, I've got a natal chart just in a couple of minutes that we're going to kind of have to make this early exit for, but we're going to continue this conversation on the patron page. We're going to go even deeper on cool. the patron page, kind of breaking this down. And so exciting, exciting to have that conversation. We'll have a fluid, um, you know, communication on there. And so if you're interested in, um, you know, exploring this topic as well as other topics deeper, we would, we're always so honored for people to check out that, um, our membership page and, and also, you know, as we kind of move to our own new website, we'll have a, even, we'll have a membership page 2.0 and it's going to, uh, really kind of take this into, to some high gear. Yeah. Shout out to the individuals who are helping us get there right now. Uh, you know who you are and it's been a process for the last month. Daniel and I are moving into a new site. We're doing new things. We're testing things out right now as we speak in order to get this community to be able to not just connect with us, but connect with other individuals that are as amazing as, um, you know, our Patreon fans and, and all the people who reach out to us. And so I, th I think it's going to be, you know, great, especially once we can like even take excerpts from things like this, you know, breakdown of Alice Bailey and the labors of Hercules. So they know, you know, what lens we're looking through and also, um, you know, how to get more resources that sort of connect the ideas that we're putting on to the uh, podcast. And so I know you got to get going, man. And I do want to say again, thank you so much to all the fans and all the listeners. And again, thank you so much for your patience. You know, Daniel and I work really hard to get these episodes put together. Uh, and we have a list of things that we, um, you know, put, put onto the agenda and take off the agenda. But thanks to you guys, we're able to, you know, really bring, um, the right information that needed to be said uh, on each episode. And so anything else you want to add to today, man? 
No, no. And you know, one of the things that we will definitely do um, in the future is a whole episode on like the deception and the illusion that can kind of come yes. with Gemini. And so we'll we'll kind of look to break that down when uh, when that opportunity kind of presents. And so more on this topic in the future. But my man, no, it was just such a such a pleasure to uh, have this conversation via Gemini uh, with you today. Yeah, man. No, thank you so much for bringing, bringing all that information you did. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious to learn more. So, um, well, I guess until next time then. I guess until next time.